Section six of Bird Notes of an East Coast Naturalist by Arthur Henry Patterson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Bird Notes, Part six. Watching Wild Ducks. This title may be slightly misleading, for the remarks that follow deal simply with the local habits of a certain few species it would be difficult enough to attempt anything dealing with the general habits of these palmipedes for whole volumes have been devoted to describing the life history of our british ducks to my mind the most interesting of the local ducks is the common scoter whose presence here offshore corresponds only with the advent and continuation of the severest weather the widgeon is without doubt the most abundant local species dropping in in varying numbers every march it is sometimes exceedingly numerous flocks of from five hundred to one thousand are not uncommon occasionally on Braden where the widgeon grass zostera marina which flourishes on the mudflats affords an excellent supply of food the birds most industriously drag it out of the muds for the sake of the white succulent stalks which are nibbled off and devoured the slender leaves left to float upon the surface drift down on the ebb in great green patches the widgeon may be seen in the daytime napping and preening their feathers occasionally varying these exercises by that of feeding and they may be heard babbling in the dark still busily pulling up the grass for their evening meal an incessant cry of smee you smee you testifying to the satisfaction a goodly supply of provender affords them the local gunners in the old days welcomed these merry gatherings of smee as they named them from their cry to-day they congregate in peace on the twentieth of april nineteen hundred at very low water when the windings of the ship drain were mostly hidden by the edges of the flats i twice unexpectedly sailed through a large flock mostly males they rose as i dashed round a bend into their midst and again as i doubled another beyond which they had settled very shortly after my first intrusion on the sixteenth of march eighteen eighty nine i estimated the number of widgeon on Braden at something like five thousand birds the teal is becoming yearly scarcer golden eyes clangula glossian are common in hard weather and with the tufted duck fuligula cristata and the scalp fuligula marilla are known as hard-weather fowl the potchard nicknamed the poker is far less abundant than formerly on Braden, although in protracted winters 
i have known crowds to be seen in the open places on the frozen broads in the severe weather of december eighteen ninety some potsherds brought to durrant's stall were so hard frozen although freshly killed that i balanced one on my hand on the tip of its bill the tail and feet remaining straight up and immovable an old gunner described the ducks the old hard weathers as flocking around the neighbourhood by wagon loads to hear the worn-out gunners discourse upon the weather and the wildfowl of old days one might suppose that of late winters have deteriorated in the matter of frost and snow instead of occasional winters being severe as ever with others open and mild between it is natural they should with that privilege allowed to increasing age go on from imagining to believing that the old was altogether so different from the new still wild ducks in ordinary seasons are scarcer and there may be even something in the statement that since the decoys fell into disuse wildfowl have fallen off in numbers the feeding the privacy and other circumstances having also become matters of the past in the old days said a gunner to me the ice formed on Braden four or five inches thick in as many days this was when even at low water the majority of the flats still remained submerged and by keeping a wake open near his houseboat he used to have the fowl drop in right past the punt gun he and others although prices were low used to earn three pounds and four pounds a week in hard weather we get more wild ducks in norfolk waters when the baltic becomes frozen over when it is otherwise shipmasters tell us parts of that sea are black with birds on being asked what was the greatest shot he ever made an ancient bradener dryly remarked that he once laid at quite a thousand smee and other ducks and pulled the trigger when the gun missed fire in the fifties there followed the profession of wildfowler a man who was in his day a mighty hunter he was also a deep drinker and not infrequently after becoming stupidly intoxicated would tumble into his punt mechanically paddle upstream and after making fast his craft to an oar stuck in the mud fall asleep to wake up sober in the morning on one occasion he awoke to find himself smothered with snow with ice formed around him save in a wake in the drain a bit ahead of him as he rubbed his eyes into wakefulness he heard the babble of wild ducks that had gathered around him unconscious of an enemy being so near this sight effectually sobered him and cautiously firing into them he made a good bag profiting by his environment 
and the eagerness of parties of birds to use the open water he kept the game going and at length found upon the ice on either side of him two small heaps of slain this old man was subsequently drowned on Braden after a drunken spree it is an exceptionally rare circumstance to see a duck of any species unless slightly wounded on the beach i have seen however pretty plain evidence that some of the diving ducks do take a quiet sit down on the beach at night but they are so exceedingly wary that one can never actually find them there the slightest footfall being enough to startle them and only a few footprints or some droppings here and there remain to mark the spot strong northerly winds are responsible for the rather rare appearance of the eider somateria mollissima and it is a fortunate one indeed that ever returns for its tameness is taken advantage of by the merest urchin who can throw a stone with the slightest skill on december eighteen eighty three one was killed in this manner on Braden by some mischievous boys and another in the wash of the sea off hemsby in november eighteen ninety seven the shoveller is undoubtedly becoming more abundant as many as sixty-five were observed in a flock on Braden on the fifth of march eighteen ninety a few pairs of shelled ducks still nest on the northwest coast of norfolk and small casual flocks visit Braden. the greatest quantity i ever saw was during a thick rime frost in eighteen seventy nine when an unusual number passed along the beach southwards almost within arm's length there really seemed to be hundreds a flock of seventeen was seen on Braden in january eighteen ninety seven the greater portion being killed in the course of two or three days the shelled duck has much of the goose in its habits and keeps a great deal out of the water patrolling all over the flats gleaning small mollusca and the young of the common winkle the peregrine falcon this the noblest of our british falcon idee although always comparatively rare in this neighbourhood is now one of our rarest autumnal visitors a chance one occasionally drops in and makes his presence felt in the surrounding villages and complaints are heard from one and another marshman that his ducks have suffered or some pigeon fancier has a complaint to make all its movements are characterized by a courage and dash that at least command the notice if not the admiration of those who meet with it the broadmen term it the game hawk and some could tell of its boldness in chasing its quarry under the very noses of the angry owners lubbock in his observations on the fauna of norfolk mentions the fact of a peregrine striking at coots disturbed by an approaching boat 
killing two within a very short distance from the startled rower a few years ago when some sportsmen unarmed at that moment were gossiping on the bure walls near the market gardens now built upon they observed some ducks passing over seawards from Braden. suddenly out from a tree dashed a peregrine and singling out a widgeon it struck the bird which fell just over the hedge through the hedge one of the men scrambled and appropriated the fowl ere the disappointed falcon could claim it for his own on one occasion an old and noted punt gunner known as silky watson was sculling up in a wake in the ice with intent to try a shot at a parcel of ducks asleep on the top of the ice on the edge of a flat the gunner was however to be baffled for at a most ticklish moment a peregrine made a dash at the fowl with precipitate haste they dived into the drain rising at some distance ahead and so escaping my informant would have repeated the broad norfolk made use of by the disappointed watson but well knowing what a vocabulary the old school of bradeners had at their command even on ordinary occasions i preferred to imagine it instead some years ago during an exceptionally hard winter braden was pretty well covered with ice except where here and there a creek kept open a wake in one of these openings several gunners were on the lookout for a shot at the fowl which in numbers flew around overhead anxious to feel the water beneath them presently a peregrine loomed up and drove the fowl hither and thither suddenly from a great height he was seen to descend and in a moment struck a fowl with such force that it was killed outright falling from under him to the surprise of the interested gunners the stricken duck fell with a thud upon the bottom boards of one of the punts an exceptional circumstance this indeed where a gunner has his game so neatly killed and retrieved without any effort on his part birds on a game stall the late w durrant's game stall in yarmouth market has for years been a resort of wildfowlers sportsmen and men not wishing to be recognised or known as either but whose tastes brought them into contact with various creatures the snaring or shooting of which provides sport without much fear of trouble at the hands of the rural policeman the stall has for many years been a most reliable gauge of the numbers and species of birds frequenting the locality at different seasons of the year it had been my practice to watch this institution carefully for there was usually something interesting to be seen rarely a good bird to be discovered and frequently a great display of victims during the prevalence of severe or stormy weather 
swans wild geese ducks shorebirds land birds were all mixed up together in riotous confusion and at times the boards literally creaked under their weight a few lists made at sundry times may prove of interest eighth of december eighteen ninety tufted ducks several dab chicks three golden eye ducks five buick swans mature two buick swans immature one short horned owls two red-throated diver one duck and mallard several white-fronted goose one water hens and coots several snipe several potchard and widgeon several kestrel one goosander one curlews two water rails twelve barn owls three numerous small birds thrushes etc twenty ninth of november eighteen ninety two hundred and forty dunlins forty seven duck and mallard one hundred and ten full snipe nine knots two swans buick fourteen plovers various eleven woodcocks fourteen jacksnipe three curlews thirty-nine larks fifty-two thrushes and blackbirds etc also golden eyes a pintail a bittern and a godwit during a few days severe frost in the first half of december eighteen ninety nine durrant had something like six hundred and fifty common snipe on his stall on the sixteenth the figures of birds as culled from his notebook are sufficiently interesting to subjoin and these with those previously mentioned may be taken as fair samples of many displays exhibited there during the number of years business was carried on by him sixteenth of december eighteen ninety nine three hundred and thirty six dunlins twenty coots six dab chicks twelve water rails three golden plovers one heron thirty larks three hundred and ten snipe ten moorhens twenty-six lapwings one goosander eighty blackbirds one curlew thirty-two duck and mallard ninety half-fowl being about equally divided between tufted ducks widgeon and pochards three teal three golden eyes rain beaten swifts on the afternoon of the nineteenth of july eighteen ninety one i witnessed a huge procession of swifts by far the largest flock of this species i ever saw they were flying from northeast to southwest against a deluge of rain with thunder working in an opposite direction the sky being lighted up below the storm cloud for this brighter spot they were evidently heading 
they appeared lumps of bedraggled feathers and scarcely able to ply their wings at the rate of sixty or seventy per minute i computed some two thousand birds must have passed in half an hour a very similar incident occurred on ormsby broad the august previous when i and a friend were fishing a terrific thunderstorm and probably the heaviest downpour of rain i was ever caught in had as it were drawn into its midst a confused cloud of swifts swallows and martins these were struggling towards the horizon where there was an apparent break in the leaden skies whether they ever reached it i am unable to say it is probable that in such unexpected storms many of these delicate birds perish their soaked plumage at any rate reduces them to sore straits on one occasion i saw a gunner bring down a swift opening its mouth i saw in its gullet a mass quite a teaspoonful of a species of small dipterous insect the favourite item in its bill of fare is the st mark's fly bibio marci on the thirteenth of may the arrival of the first swifts is looked for and the last of them in about the third or last week of august the last of nineteen o three was observed on the fifth of september the latest record i have of one seen was on the twenty fifth of september eighteen ninety two in august eighteen eighty one a spell of cold rains decimated the ranks of the swifts which dropped into the streets or flew bedraggled and dying into most unusual places the wet cold summer of nineteen o three killed off the first brood in most cases the chicks and the eggs perishing in one local resort the owner of the house informed me that the old birds turned out the eggs which he found broken with the unhatched young on his doorstep unsociable birds some birds are exceedingly sociable in their habits and delight under various circumstances not only to congregate in flocks of their own species but to join in with those of others the starling and the knot are particular instances on the other hand certain birds do not court the society of their fellows much less that of other species they may not necessarily be rare they are solitary rather and unsociable the purple sandpiper tringa striata is an example its appearance is usually looked for in october upon the beach very seldom indeed is it seen on braden and then only odd birds are found industriously running along by the sea margin utterly indifferent to the company of any other avine rambler it is a rare circumstance on our beach to find two together the green sandpiper totanus ocropus 
and the fallow ropes are also usually met with singly stalking a spoonbill the spoonbill platalea leucorodia almost invariably visits us in springtime seldom in winter and whereas prior to the innovation of the protection acts its appearance on braden meant an immediate opening of hostilities today thanks to the presence of a watcher so long as it remains in the vicinity of the mud-flats its safety is almost guaranteed unfortunately odd birds will occasionally straggle to the marshes and there once marked down a persistent visitation is almost certain to end in disaster such an ending overtook a spoonbill on borough marshes as recently as the spring of nineteen o two in the pagets list the spoonbill is thus remarked upon a flock in the marshes in seventeen seventy four several killed in eighteen o eight and two or three are generally shot every spring on braden the stalking of wildfowl was never greatly in vogue at least in recent years in the early half of the nineteenth century an occasional goose was approached by stalking it behind a borrowed horse or ass upon the allotments but only in an extempore and casual sort of way on the sixteenth of september eighteen ninety a spoonbill visited braden on the nineteenth it was killed on the marshes by a gunner who securing a horse by means of a halter attempted and with success the old ruse of walking round in gradually lessening circles hidden behind the animal before the bird had taken the alarm he managed to get within easy distance killing it at the first shot siberian pectoral sandpiper on the afternoon of the twenty first of august eighteen ninety two i took a stroll along the north braden walls when near the triangle pond about half a mile up the estuary i espied a very nimble pert sort of wader erratically hunting along the margin at a glance i was satisfied it was a stranger and my glasses made it out to be an unusual sandpiper i laid flat on the grass and could distinctly see its quest was the freshwater shrimp which swarmed in great numbers all round the shallow edge of the pond while trying to make out the identity of the bird i was twice disturbed by a pony stallion that had been turned out on the marsh its persistent capering and prancing around me making it necessary for me to save myself probably from a kick to chase the brute away this performance naturally put the bird to flight but to my surprise it flew out over braden in a half-mile circle and actually came back and settled in the same spot again i had a capital view of it and on reference to saunders's manual 
decided it to be a pectoral sandpiper the bird unfortunately being shot shortly after confirmed my finding for it was identified as tringa acuminata the siberian pectoral sandpiper irregular migrants under ordinary conditions there are certain species of birds visiting this locality year by year in greater or lesser numbers we look for their appearance as regularly as the season comes round these include flocks of larks rooks hooded crows siskins gold-crested wrens woodcocks and some others other species are erratic in their visits years intervening sometimes between a noticeable immigration and a reoccurrence of the species they then probably surprise us by their numbers the summer invasion of the palaces sand grouse in eighteen sixty three and the spring eruption of eighteen eighty eight are cases in point the lapland bunting was formerly looked upon as a rare visitant to norfolk so much so that stevenson's remarks upon it are worth repetition on the twenty sixth of january eighteen fifty five during extremely severe weather a specimen of this very rare bunting was taken alive at poswick near norwich this bird probably the first ever known to have occurred in this county was brought to me soon after its capture and proved to be a young male in winter plumage some remarks upon its characteristics in confinement follow and stevenson continues the only other norfolk specimen of this bunting i have either seen or heard of was shown to me on the fourteenth of april eighteen sixty two in october and november eighteen ninety two a considerable number were seen trapped and shot more than fifty being secured by net and gun it happened that a bird-catcher who was set for snow-buntings secured an example and being curious at the peculiarity of its markings made inquiries with the result that it was identified it was discovered that the lapland bunting was quite a boon companion of the commoner species consorting with it in some numbers and the rare birds hitherto supposed to be badly marked females or young had met with scant notice one wily bird-catcher after this identification made it a practice to seek for the species and having distinguished a difference in its call note took particular pains to ensnare every bird possible until it became accounted absolutely common and its marketable value came down to between one shilling and two shillings apiece a similar history attaches to the shore lark which prior to eighteen seventy six was considered a great variety 
an educated sportsman shooting into a flock of snow buntings with which the species consorts from choice discovered and afterwards confirmed his convictions that it was almost a yearly visitant sometimes arriving in considerable numbers as in october eighteen eighty and again in the winter of eighteen eighty two when sixty mostly males were obtained stevenson says the first recorded specimen of the shore lark in norfolk and probably the first ever recognized in england is the one thus referred to quoting yarrell this specimen was obtained at sheringham in march eighteen thirty several were obtained before the publication of the birds of norfolk these stevenson takes pains to enumerate and attach dates considering the occurrences sufficiently rare to warrant this an arrival of mealy redpoles in november eighteen ninety three was a marked feature of that year when scores were netted the brambling occurred in large flocks in the winter of eighteen eighty five and again in that of eighteen ninety four ninety five when many dozens were trapped a bird-catcher who discovered the bird's partiality for certain districts cleared the ground of snow and daily baited it with various seeds so many poor little things were taken that they were sold alive at a penny and twopence apiece in the open market unusual quantities of siskins arrived in the winter of nineteen hundred a bird-catcher observing a number frequenting an old lettuce-bed borrowed a tame siskin for a decoy bird and laid his nets early in the morning by breakfast time he had netted ninety and by eleven o'clock he had secured one hundred and forty which he assures me he sold at one shilling each male and tuppence each female End of section six